This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to the Talk. Steven means Andrew Gillis, and it's Tuesday, which means we'll be talking with Ryan Day in preparation for Youngstown State. But on the pod, it means it's time to talk recruiting. Nothing happened in the recruiting world for Ohio State. Still 22 commits, still the number two class in the country, but... Andrew, you did get an opportunity to see your first commit live and in person and get your own you know, thoughts and have your own conversations with this person. Ian Moore, number 128 player, the number seven interior offensive lineman, plays tackle for New Palestine High School in Indiana, which is where you were on Friday night ahead of Ohio State's season opener. Just let's, let's start with what he said after the game. What was the conversation like with him after the game? We watched him play. Uh, New Palestine played uh, Yorktown, um, two schools in Indiana. It was a really fun game, actually. Went mm-hmm. right down to the wire. So it was uh, it was entertaining from that perspective. Um, obviously, I had my eyes on one guy. Um, you know, there were a couple interesting things that I thought he said. Um, so first off, if anybody was curious, uh, New Palestine is, or Palestine, I think was how they pronounced it. Uh, it is mm-hmm. just east of Indianapolis. Uh, so it's only like an hour plus away from Bloomington. It's not very far. Uh, Ian was not at the game on Saturday. Uh, he was going to try and make it. He thought that that was going to be in his plans, but there was just some paperwork that he would have had to fill out. It would have just kind of been a mess. Um, but he, you know, he said he was, you know, very invested in watching it. And he said he was really excited to get to see it. The so that was just kind of the 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 first thing that we talked about. The on field play was a little interesting for me. Because I, I sent this out to our tech subscribers, which a reminder to get all the texts because I'm going to be at a lot of high school football games on Fridays and Saturdays and whenever they play this year. So uh, if you want updates from that, uh, go do that. But one of the things that I texted out to our subscribers was he looked like a guard to me. And the reason I think he looked like a guard to me was because he did, he did not play super well in the beginning part of that game. Uh, and, and he admitted this, this isn't me ragging on the kid. This isn't, you know, this isn't me doing anything nefarious like that. This is, he admitted, he said, look, I did not play very well. And his coach said he struggled a little bit early because what Yorktown did was they're starting running back. And I wish I had his, uh, I wish I had the roster in front of me right now. I don't, 
But uh, he was like 5'11", 5'10", 195, something like that. So about high school running back size. And he played defensive end for Yorktown. And they did a lot of stunting. And they did a lot of movements on their defensive line. And Ian Moore struggled with that. He The, the speed rush was not what he was expecting. Um, you know, New Palestine's coach, he, he took, you know, when I was talking to him after, he was like, look, it doesn't make sense for anybody in this league to try and bull rush him. Why? Why would you do that? He's six. He's listed on the program as six foot six and three hundred and eleven pounds. There's just no point for a high school kid to do that. So you know, Ian talked about kind of improving in the in the speed rush department, kind of getting better. Um, you know, and, and that is one of the areas that he's been working on. Um, but I, when I watched him play, he was a physically dominant, as you might expect for somebody who's committed to Ohio State. He's a physically dominant run blocker. And he really moves down the line well. You know, he, I thought that that was really impressive. Um, you know, the speed rush is going to be something that, you know, when he gets to Ohio State, he's going to have to work on. And, and he'll be the first one to admit that. He was a really humble kid. He was a really nice kid. You know, but, but Ian, Ian's a really good football player, I thought. He just struggled with the speed rush. And that was what we talked about. And that was kind of, you know, what he said he needed to work on. So uh, from my personal perspective, I saw someone who could be, a really, really high-end guard. Um, I know there are some people who want him at tackle. I know Ohio State might view him as a tackle. I know there are a couple other people who, you know, who have said for, for weeks and months now that he should be a tackle. But um, it was a really interesting conversation with Ian. I, um, I liked it. It was, a, uh, it, was, it, was, it was nice to get out and to, to see him kind of put on the pads for once. So I don't know what the conversation was because I wasn't out there, but he, did he talk about any level of growth maybe where, where he's maybe improved the most over the past year because he's been committed since last fall. He camped a couple of times this summer and we'll, we'll get into some of that later in this podcast, but where did he say maybe he's grown the most over the past year? Well, I think one of the things that, um, you know, I don't remember specifically, you know, what he said in terms of, you know, kind of growth. I, I know bigger, faster, stronger. I, I remember that kind of being part of it. Uh, you know, but that's, you know, that's pretty basic. That's everybody. The the speed rush, frankly, was what we talked about a little bit. And, and, you know, he said that that's kind of been, you know, where he's growing. And he just, the thing that I think he has really done this year, and I know this sounds corny, but, you know, his coach was really talking about this as, you know, him kind of being this, this guy that people respect on the team. You know, he's really level-headed. He's not one of these kids who, you know, needs all this attention or wants all this attention. And, and that was something that his coach really talked about and that, that he kind of mentioned too, was that, you know, he wants to be a leader. Uh, he wants to be that guy that people can rely on. Um, you know, he, he mentioned the relationship that he has with, uh, with Justin Fry, Ohio State's offensive line coach, and just kind of how he, he talks with him all the time. You know, he mentioned that that's a really good relationship. And, you know, he, he even kind of joked, he was like, I understand how this works. You know, they're really nice to you during recruiting and then they get on you when uh, when you show up to practice. I understand that. But he mentioned that. And I, I think, you know, just kind of growing into this role as a player that people look up to was something that he was really focused on. And then, you know, I, again, I, I mean, you're talking about a kid who is uh, a couple of months away from being enrolled at Ohio State. I mean, this is going to be a big jump for him. Physically, he can do it. Uh, I think that there are some things that he obviously wants to, uh, to get better at in terms of how we can kind of evolve in the college game. But he, uh, yeah, you know, it was, it seems like a good kid. And, um, you know, I, uh, I did enjoy talking to him. What's the most impressive thing he did on Friday night? 
the most impressive thing I saw was the footwork and how he got down the line. Because so I, I asked his coach about this after the game actually, because Yorktown ran a really unique defense. Like if you if you've ever seen college teams or NFL teams do this, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But there were times where they had they had a really, really big nose tackle. I think their nose tackle was three hundred and fifty pounds. So they had him just kind of gap up the middle. And what they did was they had a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of different names for it. You can call it muddle, you can call it whatever, but they had a bunch of dudes standing up at the line. And I think that that was kind of where some of the problems for him were at the beginning of the game where, you know, they were just stunting left and right and sideways in in all kinds of different areas. And, you know, their coach said, uh, New Palestine's coach at the end of the game said, look, they kind of make you abandon your zone blocking principles when they do this because they don't play conventional defense. And I think that that was kind of where Ian struggled a little bit. But when he was, like, when you saw him move down the line, that was really impressive. You know, when you saw him get to the second level, you know, he would find, you know, because, you know, he would he would downstep in, you know, he was playing left tackle. So he would downstep to his right, you know, get a really nice 45-degree step, go down the line, go straight to a linebacker. And, oh, man, there was this one poor linebacker who took, like, three just big shots from this kid. Um, he didn't see him coming, and Ian just blasted him. And, um, you know, what? one of the things that was impressive about that was that, yes, the physicality, I mean, that's a given. I don't even want to say that's the answer. Because when you're six foot six and three hundred and eleven pounds, or at least that's what you're listed at in the program, you should be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you should be able to go dominate a high school game. Like that that should be kind of the the baseline. Um and, and he did that and you know, that that's his job. So, you know, he did his job successfully. I was I was more impressed at how he got down there, if that makes sense. Like how he got to that second level kind of washing down to the second level that that was impressive to me in just in terms of him getting there and him using that strength because you know you could be the strongest kid in the world but if you can't get to the second level if you can't work your way up to a linebacker it does you no good you know especially when a team is doing this you know kind of unique strategy where they're putting a running back on you basically and they're just kind of having him you know, try to run around you like Rocky and the chicken, basically. That's what they were trying to do with this kid. And it, look, Yorktown, look, I, I was really impressed with Yorktown's coach because he knew what he was doing. You're not going to bull rush in more. So, you know, I think that that was probably it, just how he was able to get downhill, get to a linebacker, and, and really just kind of physically dominate him then when he got there. You're coming from the NFL. So you watch some NFL football, allegedly. That I have. You've watched some of it. Alleged, yeah. Some would, compla- say, some would say no. <laughs> yeah, some would say no. Any player that maybe he compares to that you've seen. So this is going to be a stretch because I'm not going to give a college player. I'm going to give a pro player. Um, That's fun. I, I know you said you. I, I know you said that, but if there are any Cincinnati Bengals fans listening to this, uh, Cordell Volson is their starting left guard, and Cordell Volson and and. The reason that I sent out to our tech subscribers, amongst a few other thoughts, the reason that I sent out that I thought he looked like a guard was not that I don't think he can play tackle. I know he mentioned he struggled against the speed rush. He's a senior in high school. 
he can figure this out. Like this isn't like, oh no, it's ruined. He'll figure it out. But the thing that I saw, I mentioned the downhill blocking. That looked like a really elite level guard at a at a college level. And I know one of our respond, you know, one of our responses that I got on the on the tech service was, hey, well, he's six foot six and he still might be growing. Now, if he grows to like six foot eight, you know, maybe a little taller even that you're not playing guard. That's just the way that that's going to work. But the Bengals have a guard, Cordell Volson, who's six foot seven, and he's about 315 pounds. And he played at North Dakota State, and he played everything at North Dakota State. He played left tackle, he played right tackle, he played left guard, he played right guard, he played everything. And that was kind of what I saw from Ian, because bigger guards are not exactly a bug, right? Like, bigger guards are kind of a feature of an offense, and... It doesn't mean just because you're bigger that you're better. I know <laughs> I know, I'm not breaking any news when I say that, but I just looked at him. He's got long arms. He can really move well down the field. And yes, uh, you know, the, the pass protection, um, you know, I mean, when somebody, there was one kid who tried to bull rush him and the kid might as well have just tried to run into a brick wall, but that's going to, that's going to get better that, you know, him handling the speed rush, you know, he mentioned that too. But just the physical ability that he had in terms of kind of running the ball or running down the line and, and moving the pile, I think that that was, um, that was really impressive. So I, I would say Cordell, and I know that's biased because I saw him play all year and I talked to him play, but I mean, now when, when I thought of a bigger guard, you know, the Bengals have two big guards. Uh, Alex Kappa is the right guard. I think he's six foot five, and Cordell Volson is six foot six or six foot seven, excuse me. There are big guards in the NFL, and I think that Ian would make a really, really unique guard at the college level. I think they'll try him at both, obviously. I mean, you're going to play a kid wherever he fits best, and Ohio State's going to do their job in trying to figure out where he can, where he can best impact the Buckeyes. But yeah, I, I think that that was probably the number one thing that I saw, just because the reach that he would be able to have on the interior would be really something special. So we're going to take a quick break after that. That's Andrew's quick synopsis of a Friday night in New Palestine watching Ian Moore. And when we come back, I'm going to react to some of the things he said because I heard some good things, but I also heard some things that are a little bit alarming. So we'll get into that when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. 
With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Sign up for the text, 614-350-3315. Andrew's going to be doing that every Friday night. He's going to be at a football game. He's going to be giving reactions, and he's texting this information out, man. Two-week free trial. That's just one of the perks is Andrew in your phone telling you about recruits. 614-350-3315. I promise you, you won't regret it. Sign up for the text. We have fun over here. Andrew, Ohio State's recruiting Ian Moore as a tackle. He is played la- He played right tackle last year for New Palestine. He's playing left tackle this season for New Palestine. And he had a good summer, my, by my regard. When he came to camp a couple of times, he got a chance to go up against some highly rated guys. And I thought he held his own. And they had him working at tackle for a lot of that time. But now it's actual football. There's pads on. It's a little yep. different than a summer camp when you're in T-shirt and shorts. And this is... You just found out who Ian Moore was a month ago when you got this job. So it's like you're coming in with the freshest eyes you could possibly have. And you looked at Ohio State's highest rated commit as on the offensive line right now. And you said, he can play tackle, but he's probably best suited as a guard. That's not good. Not good. Not good. Because it, it doesn't solve the long-term issue here. Now, granted, I, I want to use Luke Montgomery as part of this conversation as well here because there's some similarities there where Luke Montgomery, you watch him, it's like, mm, he looks like he's probably best served that guard. But they're also trying him out at tackle early on. He's playing right tackle right now. And he has the athleticism to play tackle if they need him to, even if his highest ceiling is maybe at guard. Is that a fair comparison here? With Ian Moore, where it's like, he's best suited as a guard, but is he athletic enough that three years down the line, when you go through the development and physical development of offensive line, because we're not asking him to come be the starting left tackle in 2024, that's just not how this works. Can he do it? What I saw was not can't play tackle, has to play guard. I think that there is this mentality amongst, and I... I don't want to say casuals because the people who are listening to this are very, very hardcore football fans. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they all get this. But just to restate the obvious, there is this notion that left tackles are better than right tackles. You have to play your best player at left tackle. Your second best tackle goes to right tackle. Mm-hmm. If you can't play tackle, if you're not good enough to play tackle, you have to play guard. And then the smallest guy on the line is center. There's this kind of this narrative. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that you can be a really, really good guard. Like, you know, I go to the NFL, Washington drafted Brandon Sheriff in 2015, and he was this Iowa offensive tackle that everybody thought he was the left tackle at Iowa. And everybody said, oh my gosh, you know, he's going to be this wonderful, you know, tackle in the NFL, but he probably has to play the right side. And then within about a day, they realized that Sheriff was a better guard than he was a tackle. And that's not a demotion because he's still in the NFL. He's been a Pro Bowl guard in the NFL. Like, you can still be a really good – and some guys are just better suited for that. So I think he can play tackle. 
Um, you know, I think the number one thing that I would have to say is that, you know, you have to improve at those, you know, you know, like, like we said, the speed rush, you have to get better at that. He'll be the first to admit that. That was one of the things that I was really impressed about was that he didn't watch the film. This is 10 minutes after the game ended a a game that ended with a, uh, the other team Yorktown, where they threw a hail Mary attempt that like it went right down on the wire and it was a really close attempt. Like this was a really exciting game. And for him to be able to just level with us right after the game, be like, I did not play that well in the first couple of series, the speed rush really got to me. That was the problem. Like for him to say that I thought was really mature. So he knows where he needs to get better. He can play tackle. And I'm not saying he has to play the right side or can he can he can play left or right tackle. I mean, that's kind of the big the big thing with him. I just look at him and I say, like, you know what, if you want to really maximize and this is just my opinion, I want to be clear. Like, if you really want to I looked at this and went, if you really want to maximize this kid's potential, man, I think he could be a really, really, really good guard. And you just get that physicality in in on the in, on the interior of that offensive line, man, that would be that would be something really special. So he can play tackle, but I just think his ceiling would be higher at guard. So seeing what you saw on Friday, we, we've talked about the last time we did this, we ranked the most important people still left on the board for Ohio State heading into the fall. Seeing that, did it place any level, any more emphasis on the need to get Brandon Baker, the need to go get a guy who is more of a true tackle in this sense, when you're looking at a guy like Ian Moore, who, in your opinion, he can play tackle, but he's best suited for guard. Does that put more of an emphasis to go try to get a true, uh, true tackle like Brandon Baker? No, because the emphasis was already really high. Um, you know, it, I, I, I would have went into that game and said they need Brandon Baker no matter what, and I left that game. And what's higher than they absolutely have to have this kid? I don't know. You know, they you I am one of those people where at any level of football, high school, college, pro, whatever it is, you can never have enough offensive linemen. You can never have enough talented offensive linemen. You can never have enough athletic and physical offensive linemen. So, yeah, you still need that kid. I, I'm not going to say that you need him more. I'm not going to say that you need him, you know, uh, at, at a, at, you need to go after him harder or whatever because of, you know, because of, you know, the rest of your offensive line class or anything like that. Uh, I, I you, He's a five-star offensive lineman. I mean, those are kids that you make room for in your class and you figure out the rest later. So. Yeah, I mean, you you absolutely need that kid, and um, I mean, he would he would be a really impressive addition. What I'm assuming you looked at film of him before you went, trying to get oh, just know, a little bit accustomed yeah. to who he was and understand what you were getting into, and then you saw him live. What's a ceiling here when he comes oh. into Ohio State? Should so let's just let me break this down first. He's a borderline top 100 off offensive lineman. For the most of his career, he's been in the top 100. Right now, he's 128, but he's, you know, he's in that range, that range of players where I don't know necessarily if he has to be a starter by year two, the way we Mm -hmm. saw Paris Johnson, the way we saw Donovan Jackson, the way we saw Harry Miller do, but top 200, top 150 recruit, you probably have a projection of being a starter at some point during your career, within your second or third year here. Is this a guy that, as we're looking at Luke Montgomery now, force his way onto the field in that bison role and be in the two deep and setting himself up to be potentially a starter in 2024, should we be looking at Ian Moore that same way? Where, based on where he is now, do you think a year from now, 
this is a guy who can force himself into the two deep at Ohio State and set himself up to when 2025 rolls around, we're discussing whether or not he could be a starter. I think absolutely you could. Uh, I think absolutely you could see him in the two deep because physically. Okay, so you see this a lot with you see this a lot with offensive tackles, uh, and I know they're you know I, he's going to come in as a tackle. Uh, you see this a lot with offensive tackles. Sometimes you recruit tackles like I know Iowa does this a lot. You recruit tackles that are six foot six and two hundred and seventy five pounds. Like mm-hmm. that's not going to fly at the Big Ten level. And you just like you know what this kid's athletic. This kid can move. We're going to put 30 pounds on him, and then we're going to make him a tackle. You don't really have to do that with Ian. He's, I mean, like I said, he was listed in their in their program at six foot six and 311 pounds. That is a player that, if Josh Simmons was six foot six and 311 pounds, he was Ohio mm-hmm. State's starting left tackle Saturday. Would anybody bat an eye at that? Like, would anybody say mm-hmm. that that looks out of the order? That is a kid who. Physically, and and this is what I saw too. Physically, he's mature and ready to play. Like this, this is a kid who you can rely on. I think in year one, not to start, not to, you know, not to even spell a guy. You know, so you know somebody needs a breather in a you know you know in a game in a game like Indiana, for example. You know, you're up by twenty points, and hey, let's get. I don't even know about that. Maybe this is a Ian Moore is a Youngstown State kid. I think in twenty twenty four. I haven't looked. I have not looked at their schedule. But Ian Moore is a kid who you play against those type of schools because physically he's going to be able to hold up, I think. Now, obviously, his strength is going to play a big part of that. Him getting in early is going to play a big part of that as well. You know, you're going to be able to get into the program a little bit earlier than some of these other kids and get into the college weight room. And, you know, from everything that I have read about him and talked to him and talked to his coach about and talked to people who know him, you know, this is a this is a kid who is going to bust his ass and make sure that he can be in as good a physical shape as possible to get here. So, I mean, this is a kid where you're not worried about anything like that. You're not worried about effort or anything like that. So, you know, I look at him and I'm like, this is a guy who he can absolutely make the two deep because he's going to show up. And, you know, like every high school kid who shows up, you know, you're going to want to, you know, and I'm, this isn't an Ian thing. This is a general thing. You're going to want to add some some muscle. You're going to want to shave off some some body fat. You want to do the improve your conditioning. You want to do those basic things. So he's gonna have to do that when you get to Ohio State. That's just the baseline level. But he's already there physically. So I think absolutely when he shows up for for spring practice and when he shows up for fall camp in 2024, I do not think he's gonna be terribly overmatched or at least terribly overmatched considering that he's a freshman. So his floor is future starter. What's his ceiling? If it all goes NFL, per- NFL player, yeah. NFL, right, NFL player. We, we talking you know, first round NFL player. We talking day two NFL player. Like I'm not, not maybe not even Paris Johnson level because that's first tackle off the board. Could his ceiling be the number mm-hmm. 21 pick in the NFL draft versus a ceiling of he's a third round pick? The thing that I saw with Ian was that you, you, I, I watched Ian and I went. Especially after those first couple of drives, like once those first couple of drives went put got put in his rearview mirror, I went, okay, this is who I came to see. This is what this is what I came to see. This is a really high floor level player. So like, I think you're talking about a kid who is going to play pretty early because I mentioned the physicality, good footwork, good technique, 
You know, I mentioned how he got down to the line and got to the second level pretty well. That's a kid who's going to play early. I think the one thing that would hold him back of being like a first round pick or that, that type of level ceiling player and, you know, like a Paris Johnson, for example, is I don't know athletically if he's ever going to be there. Um, you know, I like to be that level of prospect, like, can he be Olu Fashanu? Can he be Paris Johnson? I don't know. Um, you know, that's a really, really high bar to climb. Like Paris Johnson weighed in at the combine at six six three thirteen. So like Ian Moore's there physically right now, but athletically, can he get there? I, that That's going to be the question because when you get to the NFL, high floor will get you picked in the third or the fourth round. And he will be one, you know, th- those are the type of kids. I think that that's kind of where I'll land kind of like a third, fourth round guy, because those are the kids who get picked and you hear Mel Kuyper or whoever on the TV or whatever, you know, you hear them say it. And then you hear the coach say it a couple of weeks later, you know, when rookie minicamp shows up, Hey, this is a kid who we think can start immediately for us because he came in ready to go. He came in a finished product. I think that that's going to be the thing that you hear from him. So if he can, if he can prove that athletically he can handle the, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the good, the kid from Florida state who's who I watched last night and was very impressed by whose name I now forget. And Steven tweeted about him. So Steven will probably give you the name here in a second. The defensive end from Florida state. Jared verse. Yes. If, yeah, very if you can handle, can handle that Jared type verse, of, so. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to be a first round pick, though, like that's what you got to do. So, if you can handle athletically those type of kids, that's what gets you to be a first round pick. But yeah, I mean, you're you're talking about a kid who is going to show up early, is probably going to play a lot in his Ohio State career, and by the time it's all said and done, you're going to have a lot of Buckeye fans across this podcast and, and fandom and country just going, "Huh, that kid was pretty good for a few years." I don't know if they're going to be saying, "Dang, this kid was the best." tackle guard in the country for a few years but they're gonna say wow this kid was really good an Ohio State comparison that's popping out of my mind just by how you're talking about him is Thayer Munford who was a four-year starter here started at left tackle and he was not Paris Johnson he's not a first-round draft pick not not many people are yeah you know yeah he he was day two pick but he was really good while he was here yeah really really good we we talked about it in the offseason if joshua if the tackles this year are as good as what their munford was for multiple years as a starting tackle here ohio state's tackle situation is going to be fine and now he's probably going to start for the raiders this year again that it's a their munford was always this high floor player and then his final year here 2021 when they shifted around the offensive line he moved in the left guard Nicholas Petit Frere moved over to left tackle and that's how Dewan Jones got on the field at right tackle so this is a guy who was a tackle for most of his college career later moved into guard and he's got that versatility to do it at the next level and he might be the right tackle this year for the Raiders but he could very much play guard in that situation so that that's just who popped into my head when you started saying high floor Maybe he's a guard, but he can play tackle. That, I think early on when I was like, that's not good. That's not good if he has to play guard. But if you're saying he can play tackle and he still has a high floor at that position, Thayer Munford is a very good career at Ohio State. So if you're going to tell me Ian Moore, who was, he's like 120 spots higher than what Thayer Munford was coming out of high school. But Thayer Munford also had some other things. He was 
he was trying to you know overcome in that situation. If you're if you're telling me that Ian Moore can be Thayer Munford for three years as a starter here or two years as a starter here, then I think people listening to this will feel a little bit more comfortable about the future of offensive tackle at Ohio State. Now you need to go add more. So you know Brandon Baker or guys in later classes, but that's a good start. If Luke Montgomery is already showing promise that he can be a tackle or maybe a guard for you, we'll see down the line. But also Ian Moore, you're telling me has a floor that might be similar to Thayer and Munford. I think that's a good thing for Ohio State's future. Well, yeah, and and I think he can still make uh, the thing that I think if if he make gain if he if he makes gains in terms of agility and things like that and just kind of explosiveness and kind of how he can handle you know speed and, and just really get some more bend. I, I mean, you're really really raise you're not raising the floor, you're raising the ceiling, and you're really kind of talking about a different player. But like you know, to talk about the offensive line of the future here for a minute, you mentioned Montgomery. Ryan Day has, I mean, ever since I have in the, what has it been, six weeks, I guess, since I have been here, the first time I ever talked to Ryan Day, and by I, I mean we as a media corps, the first time that we talked to him, he mentioned Luke Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And he has been talking about this kid for weeks, for months now. What if they, they really like him, and this is a kid who's going to, like, I, I would feel very, very confident that he is going to play this week against Youngstown State. Like this is a well, game yeah. where everybody listen. You if should I dress this week. I'd play. You know, everybody's going to play on the roster this year, this week. Right. So you get you get him in against Youngstown State, and if you like him as a tackle, and then all of a sudden you bring in a Brandon Baker. I understand. Like, I understand that you're recruiting more as a tackle, but like. Baker and Montgomery being here would make it difficult for Moore to play tackle. I just think, I, if, if I can make a bold prediction right now, Ohio. This is we are recording this podcast Monday, September fourth in the afternoon. Happy Labor Day, everybody! I hope you had a nice, relaxing day. So we are doing this podcast in 2023. I would bet you that in four or five years down the line, you can just kind of fill in the blank and say Ian Moore was a really good something for the Buckeyes. What you it doesn't I, I think you you this is a kid you're going to get on the field. You're going to whether I mean you can recruit Brandon Baker and then you're like, you know what? Baker and Moore might make a really really good tackle guard combo. And you know, because we got Montgomery, we got Montgomery that we really like at tackle. We got Baker at tackle. I mean, Moore Moore is a kid who I think there are some people listening to this right now who will probably say, well, you always need tackle depth. You can just have more backup Montgomery and Baker if that's really what you want to do. And that's fine. But more as a kid, I don't think you're going to be able to leave off the field. I think because you're going to, I, he's going to do everything that coaches love. He's going to be technically sound. He's going to be physically ready. He's going to do everything that they, you know, that they talk about in terms of just being a finished product. And or as close to one as you can be at the high school level, I think that that's what you're going to get from him. So I think when this is all said and done, years down the line, I think people are going to be able to talk about Ian Moore and be like, "Dang, that was he was a really good Buckeye." I just don't know what position it's going to be at. So that will wrap up Ian Moore. Who are you going to see this week, Andrew? Uh, we got to be determined this week. Uh, hmm. We are a. Uh, I'm, I'm working on some different things. Uh, we'll see. Um, 
not to look ahead. Um, you know, I know you mentioned to, uh, you know, to people to get the text because you get them for free. Uh, the Friday before the for Notre two Dame weeks. Game, for, two weeks. For, for two weeks. For two then weeks. For two weeks. Then you got to pay three dollars then, then you got to pay. Then you got to pay. Yeah. But in two weeks, a little over two weeks from now, uh, I think Mylon Graham, um, I believe that's, yeah, what day is today? The 4th. So that would be the 20th. Yep. So that would be a little over two weeks. Uh, going to see Mylon. Uh, very excited to see him um, and see one of these, you know, top flight receivers, you know, in high school before, uh, before we can uh, see them get to Ohio State. I don't think I'm going to be able to expense a trip to Florida um, to go see mm-hmm. Jeremiah Smith. Uh, do you think that I can get a beach trip out of our bosses? Do you think that they'll they'll pay for me to go to Florida and like you know what? What if we just did like December, and that would be a good time to go to leave Ohio to go to Florida to go to Hollywood, Florida, right? I mean, that would always be a good time to go. I, it's cold up here and it's warm down there. So, <laughs> yeah, listen. November, December. I think that that would be a good time to go see him. I think that I think that if I had to wait, maybe not now, maybe in the winter. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I, there's a couple, you know, because I mean, we are. It, it's a crazy world, you know, this recruiting stuff because we are at a. I mean, we are kind of we're kind of there. Like Ohio State has 22 commits in the 2024 class. And you're starting to build out the 2025 class. Um, this is, it's, you know, you got to kind of look at both. So we'll, uh, we'll see who I can go at. Maybe it'll be someone who's already committed. Maybe I can be a 2025 kid who hasn't committed. So we'll, uh, we'll see what I can, see what I can scrounge up. So sign up for the text, man. Cause Andrew's going to be texting this stuff out. Also, sometimes I might text some stuff out just cause I don't know. Why not? You know? I've covered those some of these kids for a while here, but that'll wrap up this week's recruiting pod. A little shorter than typical. They'll get longer as they get going here. Remember, that's only the first person that is listen, we're like Kyle McCord right now with this recruiting pod. It's week we one. We got one sample size, yeah. Yeah, let's let's get a bigger sample size the next week here. And we'll keep growing those sample sizes. And then before you know it, listen, the recruiting pod will be something that will be in New York City as a Heisman Trophy finalist. Because that's how I view everything in life. It's the early stages, but eventually I'm gonna be a Heisman Trophy finalist at something. For Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.